Hi, everyone. We just wanted to note that we recorded this episode prior to Marcus Smart's extension, so that may influence a few things here, but overall, our thoughts remain the same, so we just wanted to still share this episode, but with the acknowledgement that this was recorded prior to knowing Smart would be extended. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We were brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang and Chris Granham. And today, we're going to get into some wild and probably irresponsible speculation here. Based on a story written by Gary Washburn at the Boston Globe, Gary brought up the fact that in a story about Dennis Schroeder and why he's the perfect fit for the Celtics this season, he talked about how the Celtics next offseason could pursue somebody like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. We've talked a lot about Bradley Beal, and I think he's pretty obviously the Celtics' you know, primary target. He certainly makes the most sense. I think if they end up getting Zach Levine, it will be a recovery from having swung and missed on Bradley Beal. I'm curious what you guys think. Zach Levine, I mean, do we like think that would be a good option? Like, do you want to give that guy a huge max contract? Like, where, where do we stand on that? I don't think he's as good of an option as someone like Bradley Beal, who presents that off-ball scoring threat. I think Zach Levine's more of an on-ball sort of guy. But I think Zach Levine has to be in the conversation with the way the Celtics are setting up with this max cap space. You have to mention him, right? He's one of the other big stars who is set to be an unrestricted free agent next summer. You can't really have this conversation and not bring up his name because who knows? The speculation has been about Beal, which makes sense because he's, you know, boys with Jason Tatum and whatever. But who knows who the Celtics are really targeting? And he, there's a shot that he's out there. So I think he has to be in the conversation. But I think if I had to pick between those two guys, I think I would like the fit with Bradley Beal a little bit more. I think this upcoming season will be really telling about Zach Levine's value because finally the Bulls have like a really solid roster. They have Lonzo Ball, they have DeMar DeRozan, they have Nikola Vucevic, and Zach kind of hinted at this over Team USA and that he wanted to play more defense. And he might actually have an opportunity to do that because he won't be spending so much energy on the offensive end, but maybe he can really show that he's more of a two-way player than people thought. And so similar to how people always wrote off Devin Booker until the team had more success, like I think that could sort of be the case for Zach Levine this upcoming year, that the Bulls have some team success. Maybe he gains a little bit more respect. Maybe he's able to show more about his game. Right now, I feel like people have potentially unfairly labeled him as just like empty stats, like just a bucket getter. Somebody on that team is going to have to play defense. So. <laughs> and it could be him. And he, he has him. acknowledged that. So he's at the very least aware. Definitely. Levine's interesting. It's interesting to talk about him versus Beal because clearly Beal is, you know, I think the guy the Celtics have their eyes on. And I think clearly he's the preferred player by most teams. But if you look at Levine versus Beal, I mean, neither of them plays any defense. It really would be a toss up like who's worse at it they're both pretty atrocious Levine is I think probably more of an on-ball player but like he shot a much better percentage from three last year and you know obviously one of the reasons that Beal's percentage was down was he was just so high usage and like you know it's just like he had to be a volume scorer and I think there's a very good case to be made that in a less volume scorer type setting maybe he would be a little bit more efficient however Zach Levine also had to be a volume scorer last year and he shot 50% from the field and he shot 42% from three-point range like he had a really good season easily his best season of his career like you know not close however he's been trending up since his rookie year so it's not like it was out of nowhere it wasn't a spike it was just more of a rise whereas Beal has kind of been at this level for longer I don't know I mean I I think it's interesting I think the other interesting thing about it is like Levine's a a year younger than Beal maybe two Two Um, yeah 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting to me. I think I, I think Beal is the choice because we again he, we know he's a star and we know that he's really really good friends with with Jason Tatum. But like like Nicole said, this is a real prove it season for Levine where I think he could cement himself as somebody who is maybe as valuable as Beal. Beal's value is for the Celtics specifically is slightly inflated, maybe more than slightly inflated by the fact that he is best friends with Jason Tatum. So obviously that makes him like a clear cut front runner. However, Zach Levine also trains with Drew Hanlon. Zach Levine also was on Team USA. Like I'm sure he and Tatum get along just fine too. So it's not like a random all-star per se. Like That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I definitely agree with Beal's value with the Celtics being inflated just because of the Tatum thing. But you're right. It's not like like Tatum has plenty of experience with Levine and I'm sure they have a decent relationship. You know, at least they've been around each other quite a bit. But I do think you made a good point about the Bulls having a really good roster because the speculation around Levine could really change. Say the Bulls have a really good year. I mean, he might be willing to resign for a different amount of money than he might be looking for right now or something like that. Just the circumstances can change if they have a really good season. And I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of potential with that Bulls roster at the moment. And there's a lot of potential with the Washington Wizards roster, too. So maybe things could change with Bradley Beal, too. Right, Tom? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I did have a question about that. How much cheaper would Zach be? Like, what would the difference be in their contracts? I believe, since Bradley Beal will have finished his 10th year after this coming season, he will be eligible to make 35% of the cap, of the projected cap, and... Levine will only be eligible because he will have finished his eighth year. So he'll be in that seven to nine bracket. He will only be eligible to make up to 30% of the team's cap, which next season would be roughly 120. So, I mean, yeah, these guys are looking at just an astronomical uh, amount of money, but the amount that Levine would be eligible for is significantly less than what Beal will be, will be eligible for. And, you know, Greta, it, it, it's funny, like you mentioned before that one of the reasons that I think Beal is probably more appealing to most people who think about these things, like, is the fact that he can probably play off ball a little bit better, but I'm not so sure the Celtics want that. Like, you know, one of the things that having the ball in your hands does is like, it forces teams to double team you, right? And if, yeah. if you've got multiple guys who have to be double teamed, that's a real problem. And then if Jalen Brown is your third guy, like that's a pretty tough team. Like, and I think the thing is that Beal also excels with the ball in his hands too. So it's, it's not like, it's not like he's just a spot up guy or something like that. Like he's just, his usage had to be in like the eighties last year, but like Levine is a, you know, ball in the hand kind of guy. I think, I don't know. I think either guy, I think would present a lot to like for the Celtics. No, I think you're right. There's certainly value with his on ball scoring and there's value with Beal's versatility. So there's, they're both tremendous, tremendous scores, like ridiculous offensive players. So I think there's a lot to like. And I think either one, the Celtics would be happy to have either one. And I think either one could find a role next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But you have to, I, I know I said it before, but it makes sense that Zach Levine is potentially being mentioned as a potential target down the road. Just if they're going to have that max space, which is what they're clearly planning on keeping in the arsenal going into next summer. He has to be on the list because he's one of the best free agents that's going to be available. Exactly. Because when you look at the other players who are going to be unrestricted free agents in 2022, Bradley Beal, obviously, Gary Harris, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, Terry Rozier, like Bradley Beal and Zach Levine would be at the top of the list in terms of ideal targets, I think, just looking at these options. 
No question at all. And, and if, and if you don't get somebody and you start to roll over into next season, like it starts to look pretty disastrous for your plan. Like the Celtics are playing a very high stakes game. Like Nicole and I have talked about this a couple of times now. Like we, we like the direction that they're taking. It makes a lot of sense, but it is a very, very high stakes wire, like a high, high wire act they're doing here. Well, and people already are questioning whether you want to waste a year of their Jalen and Jason's prime to set up this space. If you can't actually cash in with the space you've created and then have to push it back another year, the time is just ticking. Like their contracts are going to be up eventually. Like you have time, but you don't have that much time per se. Definitely. And and we like, you think about like if the, the way that max guys and superstars can kind of control their own destiny, it's like, yes, Jason Tatum is under contract next season and the, the year after that and the year after that. But like, if he demands a trade, that's tough. Like, I, I don't know what you do because, you know, Jason Tatum has a lot of power. So also, what do you do? If you're Brad Stevens and you're on unsh- this, again, this is total speculation and just kind of throwing out all possibilities for the next year. But what do you do if you're Brad Stevens and you're unsure about your situation with Beal, you're unsure about your potential situation with Zach Levine, and at the deadline, the Cavs are trying to move someone like Colin Sexton, who's available. Like there's other, there are some appealing names in there. Tom, you've brought up Sexton in the past. Like, I just think there could be a couple names that could come about before these guys that might make someone like Brad Stevens think like, oh, maybe do we take a swing in the summer and risk really missing or maybe at the deadline we go grab someone like Colin Sexton because it seems like there's a lot of momentum toward the Cavs potentially trying to move him. I'm not really sure. It's just an interesting thing that could pop up. Oh, yeah. Brad's in for an interesting year. No question about it. But I just can't imagine he will do anything that jeopardizes not getting Bradley Beal. Like, if the Celtics don't get Bradley Beal, it's because Bradley Beal chose to sign with a different team. Like, I think they want to give that door the biggest opening possible to be like, Boston is your home if you want it to be. And prior to doing that, I think they're going to want to do something a little bit more strong-handed and being like, hello, Wizards, Boston will be Bradley's home, so just trade him to us now, please. Let's say the, the Philadelphia 76ers work out a deal with like, let's say they send Simmons and, you know, Tyrese Maxey and, you know, maybe they coax like Matisse Thibel out of them, whatever it is. And, and they send like a huge package to the Wizards and, and Beal ends up in Philadelphia. I mean, you know, if you're the Celtics, I mean, it's possible that you could not only get Bradley Beal, but also completely screw over the Sixers, right? Like, do you want to like try to hope for that possibility or? You know, do you just say like, okay, maybe like, you know, Colin Sexton is available at the deadline. Like, I, I don't know, like there's a bunch of different ways that this could go um, that would leave Brad making some really interesting, tough decisions, I think. Yeah. Or everything just goes not the Celtics way. And then they end up getting Aaron Gordon anyway this summer. So who knows? There's a weird list of free agents beyond the top dogs here. So could get really weird. It could get weird. The uh, 2021, 2022 Boston Celtics. So our Geno Time Draft, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Shades on Beer Company. They're the makers of the Geno Time Style and other delicious products. You can keep an eye out for them in the Boston area. Keep an eye out for the Geno Time Stout. And if you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island, go to the Shades on Beer Garden and Tasting Room in West Kingston, where you can try out all of Shades on's products. But again, really, if you're a Celtics fan in New England, just keep an eye out for their products. Keep an eye out for the Geno Time Stout. And, you know, show some love to our friends at Shades on Beer Company. All right, guys. So for our Geno Time Draft Day, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, and Bradley Beal all share a trainer. Drew Hanlon, he has a lengthy list of clients around the league. We are going to pick three-on-three teams based on Drew Hanlon's clients. So 
Uh, Nicole, I assume we know who's going first. Why don't you tell us who's going second and third? Well, actually, Grenham got the first pick this time around. So but that means I'm second. So. He will go first, then me, then Tom. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at this. We're not following the bit anymore. I'll take it. If you're going to get I'll, – I'll take Jason Tatum. I would like Jason Tatum. I think he's a very good building block. He's a very good player, and I think Drew Hanlon's done a lot of really good things with Jason Tatum's game. So, yeah, give me Jason Tatum. I will take Joel Embiid. No further explanation necessary. <laughs> I understand. I don't think there needs to be, to be honest. I don't think it needs to be either. So I guess I get three and four, which is tough because the problem is that the next two, I think, best players are Bradley Beal and Zach Levine, right? Like, But you guys have a superstar, like, forward, like just an oversized forward and a superstar center, and neither of those guys can defend at all. So no matter what, if I take both of those guys, then I'm not going to be able to stop you. In a three-on-three tournament, that's tough. So I will go with Zach Levine at number three. And I think I'm going to go with RJ Barrett at number four. Like a sizable guy who can, you know, take it to the hoop a little bit. Like, and he had a really good season. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with RJ Barrett just because he's not going to defend Embiid, but somebody has got to try to slow down Jason Tatum. So that's, uh, that's where I'll go with my next pick. I will take Bradley Beal. No real explanation necessary there. I think Bradley Beal is a fantastic basketball player. If you need more information, you can check out Are the Celtics Better Than the Wizards? <laughs> <laughs> All right, with my final two picks here, I'm going to take Kelly Oubre first because I love Kelly Oubre and my three-on-three team's Instagram presence, I think will be just through the roof. So that's fantastic. Quick aside to that, I, I almost took him, but the probably, it just felt way too early to take. Fair. <laughs> Oubre, so. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go with Oubre and tough go with my final pick here. I am between, I could go with two chains because there's a lot of workout videos with Drew Hamlin and two chains, but I'll refrain and I will take the obvious pick here and grab my point guard. I'll take Yamadar because he has been working out with Drew Hamlin recently. So give me Yamadar alongside Jason Tatum and Kelly Oubre for a, a very fun three on three team. I don't know how good, but a very fun three on three team. Well, there's Grenham. Breaking some news. Yamadar yeah. on the Drew Hanlon. Uh, he did. He worked out with him for a little bit when he was in LA. Okay, with my last pick, I'm going to take Tyler Hero, who looks to be another new member of the Pure Sweat fam. They're working out in Beverly Hills in July. And I think his shooting will complement my team nicely. I'm taking Taco Fall because somebody's got to defend him. <laughs> my team is not going to do well. We're, uh, this is not, not my strongest draft. But, uh, yeah, so we got RJ Barrett, Zach Levine, and Taco Fall over here. I am <laughs> not <winning>. squad. <laughs> <laughs> I think my squad would win. I think the Nicole's squad wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Bradley Beal. Yeah. The one time Nicole doesn't get the first pick, she wins the draft. So. Yeah, Nicole's going to have all yeah. second picks from now on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was tough. I mean, Nicole getting really Grenham, honestly, you messed it up by not taking in Joel Embiid first in a three on three. Like, this is gonna... a Celtics podcast. I got to take Jason Tatum. Come on. This is fun. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I did fumble the bag there. I will, I will admit it. Guy in the post. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, fair. All right, guys. Well, we will leave it there. Thank you, as always, for listening to this weird ass podcast. We appreciate all of you. Uh, please feel free to leave us a five star rating or a review. We do really appreciate anybody who's done that. You guys know where to find us. We will talk to you all again later this week.